The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention When you were just talking to me Now you're talking. Yeah, I knew. He's a swimming Wow, the hate mail's coming in like crazy this week. Does that mean you've done your job right? <laughs> Generally, yeah. Yeah, right? I get more hate mail from right-wingers now than I get from left-wingers. It's wow. hilarious. It's hilarious. Alrighty. So she's got to do the baba pas, right? Isn't that, that's a rule if she now. She knows where they are. Yeah. I mean. Well, if she doesn't. That means she doesn't watch the show or listen to the show, and that's not good either. True. There's like 20 points for that. God. Now you're under pressure. <laughs> right into the fire. Ah. Trial by fire here at Payton right, Tension. Here comes the baba I kind of I heard him. I heard it too. I heard it too. Anyway, she's in. She's part of the gang now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going straight to hell. <laughs> Are we doing a show? We're just having a concert today. <laughs> hey, if I had my way, we just play Melvin Taylor for the I whole know. show. I really <laughs> would. All right, let's get this show All on the road, right. shall we? As my cigarette burns down. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop two guys smoke shop at the Studio Twenty One Podcast Cafe. Got a pretty interesting show for you today. The one thing I'm not going to do today is I'm not going to talk about the January Sixth Committee in Washington D.C. It's what everyone's going to be talking about. I have no interest in talking about any of that. Other than to say the whole thing is just theater, it's all a big scam, it's all a bunch of, every single person on that congressional committee is a Trump-hating, left-wing, anti-Republican, and don't tell me that you've got two Republicans on the committee because both of them voted to, uh, to, to impeach Donald Trump. So the whole thing is just really, it's, it's all just theater, it's all just show, and there's really no need to even talk about it, even though I know for the next two days that's all anybody's ever going to want to talk about. So hopefully we can give you guys something different today. If, uh, if you're flipping through channels and you're seeing every single channel is going to be carrying this, this stupidity, we've got something different for you. So I have a guest in the studio. We're going to get to her in, in a couple of minutes. But uh, I do have uh, – we covered in this edition of the Valley Patriot. Uh, we looked up all of the candidates that are running for office. It is a state election this year. Even years are state elections. Odd years are municipal elections. Um, so you've got people running for state rep, state senate, governor – Lieutenant Governor, all that. Uh, we put together about 10 to 13 candidates. 
looked up what, how much money they had. We want to stick it up on the screen. First guy here, Jim McCarty. He's a Methuen City Councilor. He's running for a state representative uh, in that newly carved district. He's going up against Estella Rays. And by the way, Willie Lantigua, the chief, is running in that race. Um, Jim McCarty has, uh, he has raised $15,000 this year. Fifteen thousand five thirty three eighty one, as a as a Methuen City Council, and that's probably mostly Bill Manzi money, right? You know, you know, you know, Billy's kicking in. Uh, God love him. Uh, he has spent, and I don't know what has he spent ten thousand dollars on so far, but he has spent almost ten thousand dollars, nine thousand four thirty four seventy one, and he's got about twenty six thousand dollars cash on hand. That's actually pretty good for a state rep. That's actually really about average. That's where any state rep candidate should probably be at this point. Should be between twenty and thirty thousand dollars in the bank, and he's probably going to have to raise another ten or fifteen because most of the expenses in a campaign happen at the very end. You want to buy ads in the Tribune and the Valley Patriot and Rumbo. You want to send out all of your mailers at the end. Uh, if you're doing any TV commercials, you want to make sure that's like at the last week before the campaign. Um, so I'd say that's probably about average. He's running against a Stella Rays, who's the next one. I can't see, so does that say so? Okay, it does. Uh, Estella Reyes is running against him. She's a Lawrence city councilor. Uh, she has raised $9,700 to date. She has spent about $3,009.57. She has about $6,839, I'm sorry, $69.36. By the way, all of these numbers are as of June 1st. Um, I, did, I don't know when they changed... Uh, the OCPF, the Office of Campaign and Political Finance Rules, it used to be that you would declare your campaign finances at the beginning of the year and then 10 days before the primary, then 10 days before the final, then 10 days after the final. Now it's every month. Now every 30 days they have to file. So um, I have no file, by the way, at all from Willie Lantigua going back to 2019. He has not filed any campaign finance reports. So um, I'm not going to say he's violating the law because he may not have raised or spent any money. And if you haven't raised or spent any money, you don't have to file a campaign finance report, although I, I think you're probably still supposed to fill it up and put zero on it, but he hasn't filed. Um, so in, the, in this race, you've got 26000 to about 6000 So really, Estella Reyes is going to have to raise a little bit of money. She's going to have to, she's going to, have to pick it up a little bit. Um, she's 20000 behind uh, Jim McCarty, and with Willie Lantigua in the race, you know that that's going to be a three-way split. So she's really going to have to go out there and raise some cash. So if you're looking to support a candidate for state representative and you like Estella Reyes, please write her a check. Um, the next one we have here is Doris Rodriguez. She's running for state senate, and she's actually here in the studio with us. Uh, she has raised one thousand. You raised seventeen hundred dollars. That's pretty good for you. <laughs> I think the last time you were it was nine dollars, right? So you, you're you're way up from last time. Uh, one thousand seven hundred sixty-five dollars. She has spent one thousand seven hundred thirty-two dollars. None of it with me, but that's not true. Actually, you just spent some with me. Um, and she has on hand to date uh, minus ninety-five dollars and ninety-one cents. So I'm gonna. I, I have to say, money money usually tells the story. You got a lot of work to do. You no, got to raise some I money. Actually, and got I to... disagree. Okay, all right. I well, highly disagree. All right. Okay. All right. We'll get <laughs> into that. The voters are smart. They're right. smart. Okay. They know that it's not only about money. Fair enough. <laughs> as long as she keeps spending money with us, we want her to keep thinking she has a shot. Um, running against her is Pavel Payano. He's a Lawrence City Councilor, and it really looks, if you're looking at the finances, it looks like he's the front runner. He has raised thirty-four thousand uh, dollars to date. 
He has spent $13,000 to date, and he has 38000 cash on hand. Now, that, why doesn't that add up? You look at that, and it seems like it should add up. And that's because as a city councilor, he already had money in his account going into this. So whatever the difference there is, is the money that he had left over from his last city council election. Running against Pavel Payano for that state Senate seat is Eunice Ziegler. This is the one that surprised me the most. She has raised uh, on hand. Uh, why do I? Why don't? Why don't I have receipts? Okay, I do. Thirty-two thousand six hundred ninety-three dollars and fifty-four cents. That's pretty good. That's pretty good for a state senate race. Problem is, she's already spent twenty-one thousand five sixty-two, and it says she has zero dollars cash on hand. I'm not sure how that adds, and it very well could be that she has liabilities. She lent herself, lent her campaign money. Or maybe she's kind of overspent and she's waiting for donations to come in to cover it. Um, but she, uh, Eunice Eagle, who, by the way, is having a fundraiser today. Uh, I just posted on my Facebook page. Any candidate that has a fundraiser, please send me the information on your fundraiser. We will post it online for free. We will put it in the paper for free. We want the candidates to be able to raise as much money as they can so they can spend more money in the Valley Patriots. So uh, we, will, we will be more than ha- – everything is self-serving when it comes to me. Um, so we, so we, will, we will be happy to promote your fundraiser. But if I, fi- if I find I'm promoting your fundraisers and you're not spending money with me, I'll probably stop doing that. Uh, in the state rep race, we've got Marcos Devers. Now, uh, this is, this is going to be a tough race. A lot of people think that Marcos is done, and a lot of people think Marcos is going to have an easy walk. I don't think either one of those two are true. Marcos has raised $22,000, and as a sitting state rep, by the way, I have to say he should be raising more than that. I mean, Marcos is pro-life. He should be going to all those pro-life groups and asking them for money. Pro-life groups would love to give a Democrat money in Massachusetts. They would love to give him money, but he he doesn't like to take money from lobbyists for some reason. So he's got 22430 that he has raised. He has spent $7,401.41. He's got about $16,000 cash on hand. And by the way, if you, if you find out when he's having his annual cookout on Woodland Street in Lawrence, I'll be posting that online the minute I find out. That's an event you want to go to. If for no other reason, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Like even if you're not supporting Marcos, you should go to that anyway because that, that's probably one of my most – Probably one of my favorite events of the year, right? You've been to Marcos's um, cookouts, right? Yes, I have. Those, those are fun. Great. I yeah. really enjoy those. Um, all right. So, and who's next? Let's see. Let's bring this up here. So, the guy running against him is Francisco Polino. Francisco Polino ran, I believe, against Estella Reyes in District B. I think he also ran at large at one point. I know I endorsed him twice, um, and he's now he's running against my best friend Marcos. So now, what do I do? I guess I kind of have to stay out of it. He's raised forty-one thousand dollars, forty-one thousand six thirty-nine forty-five. His expenses so far, he spent about half twenty thousand four eighty-four sixty-five. He's got about twenty-six thousand dollars on hand, and he owns his own business. So this is a guy that can finance a campaign. Marcos is going to have to work. He's going to have to work, and I love Marcos to death, but I think one of his drawbacks is is he doesn't campaign hard sometimes. And that's how he lost in a primary to um, Warner Matias about, was that four years ago, six years ago? It's a while back anyway. Um, so it's going to be Francisco Polino versus Marco, Marcos Devers. What gives Marcos the edge a little bit on this is that Marcos lives in Lawrence and Francisco Polino lives in Methuen. And so I think that gives Marcos a little bit of an edge. But with the money difference, I think now it's 50-50. I think anybody can win that race. Let's go to the other state Senate race. The and it's, it's a newly covered district now. It's, it used to be Andover, Tewksbury, Drake, it, and Potts of Lawrence. 
Now it's gone completely the other direction. It's it's like Andover, Boxford, Newberry, Groveland. It goes like all the way up the other direction, like up toward Ipswich. And so Barry might have a little bit of a hard time, except look at all the friggin' money this guy has raised. It's absolutely obscene for a state senator that literally does nothing. Like this guy has literally gotten one thing passed in in the 30 years he's been a state senator. And that was the baby drop-off. So if a mother decides she doesn't want her kid, she can go to any any fire station. She can drop the kid off. And and supposedly no questions asked, which if you're the father, you might have some questions, but that's another issue. Barry Feingold has raised 165969 this year. So this guy already has made more than I make in like 10 years. He raised that this year alone. He's spent 165000 So what he raised, he spent uh, minus about 60 bucks. But he still has four hundred and fifty nine thousand one twenty nine eighty three on hand, which means this guy is running fundraisers when it's not an election time. And I tell all of my favorite candidates, after the election's over, have a Christmas party, have a Valentine's Day party, start putting money away into your campaign. So two years from now, you've got a big war chest built up. Most of them don't listen to me. Barry Feingold does it. It's not because I told him to. He just does it. And so he's got a shit ton of money. I actually ran into Sal DeFranco last night at the Joe Finn fundraiser at China Blossom. And I asked him, how are you going to be the guy that's got half a million dollars in the bank? And he said, Tom, we can raise the money. We, are, we have our own business. I think we can beat him on the issues. And I think we can beat him financially. Good luck to you. Here's Sal DeFranco's numbers, so far anyway. Uh, year to date, he's raised $22,000. Not bad for a guy that's never run before. Uh, he's raised about, he spent about $4,000, $4,102.46, and he's got about $17,000 on hand. But when you compare that to $459,129.83, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's pretty good for a first-time candidate. He's going to have to raise a lot more money than that, like a lot more money. And he's going to have to spend a lot more time knocking doors. I'll tell you one thing. If you want to beat Barry Feingold, you have to run what I call a Diana DeZoglio-style campaign. You have to knock doors because he's lazy. He won't knock doors. He'll go to his big donors. He'll knock on their doors to get a check. But he's not knocking like regular people doors. He's not going and getting a super voter list of all the people that vote in primaries and then going and knocking on their doors and spending time with them. That's beneath him. He won't do that. So could Sal beat him? He could, but he's running as a Republican and he's way behind the eight ball on the money. And this is a now newly carved district that's a little bit more conservative than Barry's used to. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. What do we got? Who do we have left? Joe Finn. Joe Finn is now running in the seat that is being held by uh, Christina Minacucci, who's not running for re-election. They've redistricted that race as well. Now that's got pieces of Boxford, Groveland, and Georgetown in it. Uh, he has raised 3525 as of the 1st of June. $1,678.70 is what he has spent. He's got about $1,800 cash on hand, but he did have a big fundraiser last night at China Blossom, and hopefully he raised it. If he didn't raise at least ten grand at that, I mean, then, then he really needs to be doing more. Running against him is Adriana Ramos, and she's got uh, nothing. She has no money. She just got into the race. She's raised $0. She has spent $0.00. She has zero dollars cash on hand. That doesn't mean she she can't win because she can. She's a Democrat. He's a Republican. Massachusetts, we know, is a communist country. We know that they vote for Democrats down the ticket in, in most districts. 
Well, you can. I mean, we, you can laugh, but I mean, I can name. I think maybe two state senators that are Republican, and I can maybe name five state reps that are Republican in the entire state. So, um, I don't think the money says anything. We're gonna have to wait and see on that race. Maybe another month or two, we'll see what's going on. Tram win from Andover. I don't think she has a candidate running against her. She might. But unfortunately, there's nowhere to go online to find out who the candidates are unless you start calling people that you know that are involved in these races. And I can't call everybody because I'm only one guy. Uh, So I assume she's running unopposed, but if that's not true, somebody please send me an email as to who's running against her and we'll do their numbers too. Tram Wynn, she's a a first-term city uh, uh, state representative. She beat Jim Lyons in the last election. She's got She's raised $28,215 this year. She has spent $6,437.57. Look at that cash on hand. Wow. $207,999. For a, state, for a state rep race, that's like 10 times more than what she really needs. So you know what a lot of that money is coming from? I started going through her campaign finances last night. A lot of that money is coming from lobbyists. Um, she's for abortion on demand up until third grade, so all the abortion groups are all giving her money. Um, she's out with all this woke transgender bullshit, so all of the all of the uh, left-wing woke people are giving her tons and tons and tons of money, which makes no sense because she's a state rep. And I've never seen – I have not seen in a long time a state rep raise that kind of money, and she's not even running against anybody. Also not running against anybody is our last one, Ryan Hamilton, our good buddy, Ryan Hamilton has raised $20,360.04, and he's running for the Linda Campbell seat, the seat that Linda Campbell holds right now. She's not running for re-election. And as of right now, he has no uh, opposition. Uh, he has raised $20,360.04. He has spent $7,525.55, and he's got $12,834.49. On hand now, I know that there is a candidate that I don't that I didn't list, who I think is running for state senate in your race. He's a Republican, though, and we're only covering the primary right now. So uh, I think his name is Freeman. Somebody sent me some information on it, and I just I barely remember it. It's like way in the cobwebs at the back of my mind. Um, but I know that there is a Republican candidate in that race. So that's what you've got. That's what you've got for your candidates. When you add all of this up, it's well, it's it's, it's close to two million dollars that these candidates have raised, and it's not their. It's not even their own money. This is money they've raised for their political campaigns. So it'll be interesting to see where the money came from. That'll be the next story in the Valley Patriot. Who donated and why? And it's going to be interesting to see where they spend their money. Um, I could go on for another half an hour about campaign finances. It's one of my favorite topics. But in the studio, we have. Doris Rodriguez, who is running for state senate, she thinks that she can beat all of the indicators in politics. She thinks that, that she can beat the, she can overcome the money issue. She thinks she can overcome the name recognition issue. And so I thought it would be great to have her here on the show so she could convince you guys whether or not you should vote for her. Thank you for coming, Doris. Sure, thank you. Why don't you start by telling people a little bit about who you are? Sure, thank you. Uh, again, my name is Doris um, Rodriguez, and I'm running for the first Essex state senate district um, race, which is now all of Lawrence, all of Methuen, and parts of Haverhill after the 2020 census. Mm-hmm. Um, 
due to the redistricting. Now there's um, Lawrence used to be with um, Andover, Andover, Drake, and right. Tixbury. So that's that's not the yeah, case. Yeah, Barry Feinberg lost Lawrence. I bet you he cried when that happened. Uh, yeah, because he wins Lawrence nine he, to one. I think he and uh, one other um, person didn't want the redistricting to change. Mm-hmm. He had voted no. Um, but it, it's here, and now it, the district change, which is actually better because now it's a um, they they made it so that it would be a minority majority district. So they want a minority to represent and Beacon Hill. What do you think about these minority majority majority jumbo shrimp? Like you know <laughs> these obsolete obtuse terms. I think it's I think it's a good thing. We need diversity. Why? We, it, why? Because just different views, different upbringings, and yeah. and yeah, of course you can't just have all the same people making all the decisions. No, yeah. you need a, a different type of people that come from different backgrounds, different income, middle class, lower class, um, different. Um, race, ethnicity. Um, I was born here. I was born in Methuen, uh, raised in Lawrence all my life. But my parents came here from the Dominican Republic, um, obviously for the American dream. And I, I went to school here in um, Lawrence High. I graduated from there. Very involved, sports, what, class what, president. What, what year did you graduate? Uh, 95. 95. So you were 95. in the new high school? No. Were you, were you, were I, you like the I last class in the old high school? One of the last classes, okay. you know? Yep. And then from there, I went on to Merrimack College. I graduated from there, double major, uh, business management, international business, awards, sports. From there, I, I went on to Suffolk University Law School in Boston, um, graduated from there. You have a law, I, have I, a law degree from? Ha- yeah, oh, good I, for I you. A, thank you, yeah. So, and from there, you know, I've worked in the federal government, the local government, the state. Um, and th- these are factors that if, if people go in and, and research the candidates, that's why I say money is not everything. Money is helpful. Mm-hmm. Yes, I totally agree. But a smart voter in which most smart, most, most voters nowadays are smart. It's not like before. You know, People do their homework. They research. They look at what the candidates have done and mm-hmm. what they could bring to the table. Um, so if if people go in and, and research the candidates and they could go into my website, which is www.votedorisvrodriguez.com, um, they could know about my 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 history and and where I'm going with um when why I'm running. Um, again, uh, I've been here in the Merrimack Valley all all of my life. I've uh, when I worked for the city of Lawrence, I did work for the city of Lawrence at one point as a compliance officer. I, I managed to bring $3 million to the city for their lead abatement program, which was great, which um, actually began to be the blueprint application for them to continue applying every three years to get those fundings, which was... Um, so this was $3 million to get people to de-lead their house. Yes, Yes, and at that time when I was working there, I was, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 I'm trying, I'm trying to be good, I'm trying to be good. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is, they didn't have anyone to do this application. Mm -hmm. I was working as a compliance officer, I didn't have to do the application, but hey, the new girl, let's ask the new girl to, to do the application and see what she says. And, and you know what? The, the type of person I am, I'm a team player, I'll mm-hmm. try. And what, and what I did was I surprised them all. And just the same way I could surprise them all in this race. Mm-hmm. You, you know? You know what I'm saying? So um, I have a lot of experience. I have experience in the workforce. I've worked for the IRS. I've worked um, also for the state as an adjudicator. Um, what, do you, what do you do now? 
Right now, I am only campaigning. Okay. I stopped everything else. I'm only campaigning. What, what were you doing before you I was tapping into real estate. Oh, you're doing real estate. Yes. Yeah. So right now, just um, only campaigning. Um, and like I said, it, it's, it's just a matter of the people going out and seeing each, uh, each candidate and the other two candidates that are also running for this uh, position. Um, if you pair us all up, I have the most experience. I have the most um, education. I am capable of handling the position. I am bilingual as well. I speak both languages. And, I've, and, and I know I could do the job. I could mm -hmm. be the vocal bridge for all three communities. So I've had Pavel here. I've had Eunice here. And now I've had you here, all three of you running against each other. Both Pavel and Eunice have agreed to do a debate on this show. Would you do a debate on the show? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we're looking at like, uh, I think maybe like the last week of July, first week of August. I haven't yeah, set as, the date as, yet. As long as you give me the date, the sooner the better. So let's get into some issues. And we know that issues generally don't, don't decide campaigns, but issues are fun to talk about. And it's always good to pick someone's brain and see how they think about these things. You know, people are paying upwards of $5 a gallon for gas now. <sighs> And the state has decided not to cut back. I mean, at two dollars, at least two dollars of that, maybe more, is gas taxes that go to the state. Wouldn't it be great if the state house could say to the American people, uh, to the people of Massachusetts, "Hey, we understand what's going on with the gas right now. We understand that it's killing middle class and lower class families. We're gonna have a moratorium on a gas tax for maybe a year, or cut it in half for like a year to try and help people, you know, during this crisis." Um, the the um, House and the Senate vo both voted no. They both voted no on cutting the gas tax during this time of crisis. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are, okay, from the per perspective as everyone, okay? The everyone perspective. The, so you're going to say everyone. as a woman. It's as no, an no, 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 okay. no. Not, not as a woman. As, as, a, as a legislator, okay. is one view. And as everyone, it's another view. You, you have to understand. I'm just having fun with you. Okay. All right. So... I am also a consumer. I also drive. Mm -hmm. I, I drive a truck, which consumes lots mm -hmm. of gasoline. So, yes, I am very upset that I have to waste so much money in order to fill up my tank. Because that's grocery that, money. That, that's, yeah, that's, and groceries are going up, too. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, right? exactly. So, I, as a, as a consumer, yes, I, I would agree that we should have had something in place to reduce the, the cost. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's too high, you know. And, and where is it going to stop? But at the, in the other side, I have to see what are the arguments as to why it didn't pass. Well, they want to spend more money, right? I mean, it, it's, it's money that they can spend. If they, don't, if they continue charging people on the gas tax and the money keeps coming in, it's more money they can spend on programs and then but hire those, their friends but to those run the programs. Funds, but those funds could come from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. it, do you understand what I'm well, saying? Well, they can even like, spe oh, they can even, like, like spend right less. now, like let's say maybe they just put it in place. Maybe they had a discussion as just putting it in place until after the election where the, um, the, the law in regards to the uh, taxing uh, percentage after a million dollars uh, goes into effect. You know, because that, that those those funds are supposed to come into play if it does pass to to help with education and and safety measures and 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 whatever else needs to be covered. Mm -hmm. So maybe it is just temporary, you know. And that's why I say you have to look at it at, in two different perspectives. Yes, as a consumer, of course, of course, it's, it's only logical. Who who wants to pay five dollars yeah. and something? 
in gas. Right. They could cut, they could but cut. what are the arguments? What are they arguing? Why do they want to keep it in place? Is it temporary? Is it Well, they want just, to spend more money. I mean, that's really what it comes down yes, to. They but want to spend more, more money. More money for what, Tom? Well, and, for, how, and for how long? For and, and their, is it temporary? For, is it long-term? Is it... For all of their ridiculous left-wing global warming <laughs> crap, I watched Groundwork Lawrence give get uh, all kinds of money. I can't, I can't remember. It might have been twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars for green technology job training about five, six years ago, and they just trained their own people. Like they pay their own people to train their own people, but there were no green jobs in Lawrence for them to get. So I, you look at all of the money. All the, I mean, the, the state has a surplus in money right now. There's, there's millions of dollars in surplus. How about give some of it back to the people instead of letting it sit there so you could create more programs to give more jobs to your friends that go out and hold signs for you at election time? Not you, but like, you know, state yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I know what you're saying. But at this point, all I could say is I do agree that the gas, something needs to be done with the gas. Like, right. it, it can't continue at that point. Right. So you would vote to cut at least some of the gas tax? After reviewing what the issues are, then... All right, so then yes. we don't really have an answer at all then. Come on, Tom. Well, you, I mean, you know how it works. It's a yes or it's a no. I mean, you know, you know how it is. Um, there's, there's, there's an awful lot of um, politicking going on in the schools, in the classrooms. Um, we know, I know that because I've walked the halls of Lawrence High School, Methuen High School, North Andover High School. And some of the things that I've heard teachers talk about in physics classes and science classes about Donald Trump as a Nazi and global warming and transgender bathrooms and all that other baloney. Uh, it seems to me as though one of the things that we're not focusing on is, I don't know, education. Like the kids aren't learning how to speak, read, and write English effectively. They don't know the three rights enshrined in the First Amendment to the Constitution. And they graduate high school because... They keep pushing them along and pushing them along. They know all about abortion, transgender bathrooms, and global warming, but they don't know anything about life skills. They can't balance a checkbook. As a senator, what are you going to do, especially for the Lawrence schools because you're in receivership right now, but for education overall, can we get back to basics? Can we can we stop passing absolutely, some laws that say absolutely. no more I, politics I in the schools? I agree. I agree. I think that there should be um, more educational programs in place. In, in regards to the three communities, obviously Lawrence is in receivership, and right now um, they're trying to get out of receivership in regards to that law and that legislative uh, writing of should, how, should Lawrence how, have how it's done. I think so, but as, as um, with the correct resources and with the correct timing, I don't think it should be like, oh, here you go. No. I, I think it should be something that should be paced, something that should be looked at and monitored, um, because this is too much of a high overturn at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, the teachers come in and they and they go, and and that's part of also the learning experience. You know, when I was in high school, I had I made friendships, friendships that I still have to today of mm -hmm. teachers and counselors and and principals, and and you don't see that nowadays. You know, and there's other programs that we should instill, and even the younger younger children, um, if you remember. Back in the days, there used to be the Dare program that teaches mm -hmm. you know how to how to how to have the uh, life skills and not, you know the basics, right. like how you said, you know. And, and I don't even know if they even have those type of programs right now. I know they're creating different programs, but I don't know if it's the same type of programs. Um, so yeah, of course, I would. My goal is to obviously make the education uh, much better than what it is now. I would love to spend an hour on this, but we we're, we don't have a lot of time. Um, your party wants to defund police nationally. 
They've tried to defund police. They've actually defunded police in some in some places. It seems as though the Democrats in Massachusetts at the state house also want that. But in the Merrimack Valley, it's very different. In the Merrimack Valley, even the left wing lunatic Democrats that are in elected office all seem to be all for funding police. What are your thoughts? Okay, so again, here we go. The the, the Different perspectives. Somehow I know I'm not going to like this answer. <laughs> but I don't have to because most people don't agree with me in your district. Most people will probably agree with you. So I'm helping you. So, yes, of course, we need safety. So I would agree with funding the police officers. But why, are the, why do they not want to fund the police officers? Well, That's because, the question. Because they're pro-criminal. They're pro-criminal. Yeah, your party is pro-criminal. You, you at the national so. level, I, I, I mean, I look so. at the, I don't I look, agree with that. I looked at the riots, and they called them mostly peaceful. I watched them burn down police stations and shoot police officers, and it's no big deal. I watched them try to take over a courthouse. No, no, no big no. deal. No, no, um, no. I dis- I disagree with that. I highly disagree with that. Of course, we need safety. Of course, we need to fund the police officers. If they're not funded, if we don't have police officers in place, how are we going to feel safe? How are we going to be able to say, okay, yes, we could walk down the street or or go to a store? and not worry about being mugged or anything. Of course we need police officers in our neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So you're for f- more funding for police? If it's, if it's necessary and it's needed, then yes. Do you think that the police chiefs in Lawrence and Methuen are doing an adequate job when it comes to fighting crime? I have no comment at that uh, at this point in regards to that because I don't have data in front okay. of me. All right, fair enough. Fair what, enough? what are your main issues? What, what, what are the things that you want to accomplish if you get elected you're going to have to hit, hit the ground yes, running right away. Yes, of course, what of are the, course. What are the main things that you want to accomplish? Main thing would be the education. Yeah. Um, the safety issue um, in regards to the communities. Different communities have different issues, so of course. I know recently they, they instilled the, um, uh, what's it called? The um, When someone shoots a gun, it, it's located... Oh, the uh, shooter detection system? Yes, 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 yeah. yes, uh, which is great. That's awesome because we needed that. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know why we took so long to have that yeah. in, in, in place. So there's many issues that I'm going to look at. It's just not one or two or three issues. It's, it's many issues across the board. Is money the issue, though, because we talk a lot about the billions with a B, the billions of dollars that have been pumped into the Lawrence schools and the Methuen schools over the last 30 years, and education is worse now. The, kids, the education kids are getting today are far, is far worse than the education you got in 95 and I got in 85. Um, I don't totally agree with that because there are still students going into uh, colleges. And, and if they're not going into colleges, they're doing the vocational mm-hmm. trade. And then also you have to realize we're just coming out of a pandemic. You know, COVID, COVID did a lot of damage, you mm-hmm. know, in regards to the, the education and students being able to to educate themselves from home. Um, not all students are able to, to excel at, mm-hmm. at, at learning by computer. Uh, so that also is another factor. Um, I think that um, we could take a look at what's, what's in place and maybe if there's points where it needs to be uh, reorganized or, or reshaped in regards to the criteria of how they're learning, then, then that's something that we need to the do. The biggest problem that the state is facing, the biggest problem the country is facing right now is homelessness and addiction. And it seems like the state officials don't want to do anything about it because every, every year, every day, there are more people getting pushed out onto the streets that, that now are out, out of society. They're either addicted or they can't afford to live where they're living and they're homeless. As a state senator, how do you tackle that? Well, 
I would say we could look at other areas, other places to see how they tackle it and maybe implement those type of ideas and, and laws into our state. That would be one factor. Another factor would be to see what's worked and what's not worked. Um, I know that Lawrence recently opened the, um, the bus station, mm -hmm. right, recently, and yep. they, they've, they've allowed them to, the homelessness people, yep. to stay there, which is great. It's something new. It's right. a, and, and I know that they recently had, um, it was like a, a, like a, 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 what was it, like a pantry cookout type of thing? Yeah, they, they, they do a, a family dinner for the homeless on Wednesday nights. Oh, that's awesome. Right. See, that, yeah. that's great. So that's what we need. We need to be able to communicate with homelessness people to see where they're at. Because I've even spoken to, there's a gentleman that I always, I always see at the post office. Because I, I go to the, you know, I go myself to the post office. Hopefully that's and, where you get and, your Valley Patriot. <laughs> and, you know, one day I stopped him. And, and I had a conversation with him. And I said, hey, you know, you're pretty young to be out here. What you know? Not, not that any age is a, is a factor, but I just I found it odd because you know he looked young. He looked okay. Like mm -hmm. he looked like he could you know maintain a job. And and I asked him. I'm like, what well, you know? Why why are you out here asking for money? Is there something that you know I can help you with? Is there like are you do you need to like go into a program or like I I offered I offered help. You know mm -hmm. I often I offered him help. He's like no. No, you you know no. He was looking for, I, I, I he was looking, money, he's looking for money for his next fix, most yeah. likely, which is so, sad. Yeah. I always say never give them money, but if they're hungry, you know, go no, through a no, drive-through no, no, and get yeah. them food. But yes, and I have, and I money. have given them uh, food or water. But it seems to me like every community has, and I've said this to all the candidates, every community has a senior center. Most communities have like a youth center of some kind, but nobody has a homeless center. So if you live in North Andover and you're in a million-dollar home, you've been paying. Uber, ta I mean, ultimate taxes for years and years and years, and your company goes under, or your wife takes you for everything you have, and you end up on the street, you've got nowhere to go. Where in North Andover, after paying all those taxes, can you go for help? Nowhere. Methuen, nowhere. Tewksbury, nowhere. So they all come to Lawrence. And then that exacerbates the problem for Lawrence, because the surrounding communities aren't taking care of their own people. And it seems to me like our, our elected leaders need to find a way to send money to local communities, especially in the suburbs, for their own people. Because when we at, we're at TMF on Wednesday night, you ask people where they're from. They're from all over. Well, yeah. Well, that gentleman that I spoke to, he said he was originally from Lowell. Right. And he came down from there yeah. to Lawrence. So what are you doing in Lawrence? Well, he said he got kicked out of the program right. over there. Right. So that's why. So, But definitely, definitely, I, I agree that something needs to be done because it does put the burden on just one city, which, which it shouldn't. Right. You know? Give your final pitch. We've got a couple minutes left. Why should people vote? for Doris Rodriguez instead of Pavel Payano and Eunice Ziegel for State Senate? Um, I would like everyone to go out and vote for me, Doris Rodriguez, on September 6, 2022 of this mm -hmm. year, the state primaries. And um, basically because I know that I can handle the job, I could do a great job, I have experience in all type of laws, which is what a senator does. A senator is someone who establishes new law for the better of the community and the state as a whole. Um, so again, I, I have a legal background, I've worked for the state, the federal government, and also the local government, and I know I could do a great job. All right, will you, will you come back, and you've already agreed to do a debate, so we'll yes. have you come back on your own, you know, because mm -hmm. we want to at least each candidate here twice if we can, 
and and we'll have you come in for a debate maybe like the last week of July, first week of August. Thank you for coming in. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, sure. No problem. And, you can have me and, anytime. <laughs> and, uh, and you can roll up. Mel, I want to thank our sponsors here. Uh, Pleasant Valley Landscaping. I talked to Dave Id Consoli. Actually, I didn't talk to him. He posted a thing on my Facebook page letting him know. Uh, letting everybody know they're only taking landscaping and installation and, and lawn renovations. They're all booked on lawn mowing. They're not doing any more lawn mowing, but they're taking everything else. want to thank McLennan Real Estate Century 21, AFC Urgent Care, Marsan and Sign Construction, EIS Investigation and Gun Training, Borelli's Deli. We're gonna, we have to work that out with him on the, on the video, but we are going to work it out with him. Clear Path for Veterans, New England, Sullivan Insurance, Lazy River Products in Drake It, and a free shout-out to Sebastian's House of Toys in Haverhill. I want to thank uh, Doris Rodriguez for coming in today. We were supposed to have a stellar Ray. She'll be in a few weeks. Next week, it's Joe Finn, candidate for state rep. And then I, we're trying to book Jeff Deal to come in on that third week, but we're still trying to work out the details. Appreciate everybody watching the show, especially those who download the audio. We get a lot of audio downloads. Also want to thank Chrissy, my fine, fine producer, with that Aww. hot Australian accent of hers. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Melvin Taylor says you got to go home, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.